welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your host, Trisha Marie, director and founder of Light on Marketing. Each podcast, I shine a light onto the field for conscious consumers, solo and micro business owners, and those who are searching to create and experience more by getting a grip on the marketing, the media, and the message, and more. I share my brand of different, which means mashing up the science and the spiritual, the function and the form, and unraveling some of the web woven around us known as the three M's. I'll be back in just a moment with a few keys from this episode that let you tune in and sync up with what's to come. foremost, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, my people. I wish each and every one of you the joy and the optimism that accompanies the start of a new of a new year. New year outlooks, fresh starts, and somehow, in our own way, learning from the past and letting go of the year and all its events, the good, the bad, and the utterly ridiculous, and moving it into our past. Now, if you don't know this about me yet, I am a complete quantum geek. I am utterly fascinated by the ideas and the concepts from the field of quantum physics, and I seem to always be looking for interesting correlations to the work that I do. Now, if you're thinking that that's a bit of a stretch, well, let's just wait and see. Let's also get really clear. I am not a quantum expert. (laughs) Far from it. I'm simply picking up pieces along the way and diving down rabbit holes at certain times. And I have gathered a few actual or real experts into my circle who inform and influence me to a point where I have just enough knowledge to be dangerous. Now you might be asking why I'm so interested in a field that by all accounts is reserved for those who are pretty much likely not to be found in marketing. To me, quantum physics has been a bridge. In fact, that's exactly how Greg Braden describes it in his book, The Divine Matrix, as a bridge, a bridge between worlds, a bridge between philosophies, between spiritual traditions, and between the ancient, timeless, and universal things. For me, it has felt like a place where things start to make sense, that we would otherwise tend to debate and argue over. I will likely have to leave the whole quantum conversation for another episode, but I could go on and on and on and on and on about all the things that I've been able to make peace with by shifting how I look at them using these quantum ideas and concepts as the bridge. Okay, so even if you do know that I'm a total quantum geek, you might still be thinking, oh great, here she goes again and quietly hoping that I'll be able to pull it all together into something that's moderately interesting, marginally relevant, and maybe slightly significant. Well, let's just see, shall we? The reason I'm bringing up is that because this year, 2022, um, I feel very pulled to draw on some of this quantum stuff and some of the game theory stuff in order to reframe recalibrate, realign, and restore the marketing, the media, the messages, 
so that you can reconnect with more. Whether you're a business owner looking to make sense of the whole role, purpose, and value of marketing, or a conscious consumer looking to reclaim control over the impact that the marketing, the media, and the messages have on our minds. The end game is the same. You getting a grip on what's important, relevant, and significant for you. And becoming an infinite player, playing an infinite game, has a direct connection to the quantum conversation and, in my opinion, the three M's. The marketing, the media, and the messages, etc. So, let's dive in further to let it be lighter. In 2018, Simon Sinek wrote The Infinite Game. Now, full transparency, I didn't find it an overly riveting read. It was interesting, but it wasn't really a page-turner. Simon is an anthropologist who has realigned his field of study to become quite well-known to business owners. He tends to work with the big multinationals as a consultant. I think he might still teach, and of course he writes. Now, I've only read one of his books, this one, The Infinite Game, and I've also been known to disagree with at least a few of his Simon Says. I don't know him personally, obviously, but here are two things that I really appreciate about him, his mind and his insights. I find both of them quite beautiful. I'll spend most of this episode painting a picture of the infinite game as infinite players, but before I do, it's helpful to start with a few things that I took from Simon's thoughts about the finite game. First, most of what we see right now in terms of, quote, games, end quote, whether it's crib or Fortnite, are built on the foundations of a finite game. There are very few instances that I've found of games online or off that don't have as their primary foundation finite characteristics, which include winning or losing, moving from one level to the next, and starting from scratch if you lose. Definitive preset endpoints or a finish line which determines who or when winning has happened. And an overarching goal, overt or subtle, to dominate all other players and be declared the champion. Finite games are competitive by design. They are riddled with tactics and values that ultimately foster conflict. And woven into the finite game is a deeply rooted sense of scarcity. These three words are going to come up multiple times this year in my podcasts, and I'll touch on why shortly. For now, let's get really coherent about what they mean, so that you know better what I mean when I'm using them in in relation to the three M's, the marketing, the media, and the message. Competition. Oxford defines competition to be against a person and for a thing. Being against a person and for a thing. 
That is, in a finite game, we are playing against our opponent and striving for the win. Okay, so competition, conflict, defined as opposition or hostility. And in the finite game, that means fighting, feuding, and a sense of struggle. Scarcity means insufficient, hard to find, rare, lack, or inadequate. Now, a perfect example of the finite game is Monopoly. (laughs) The objective is to win. To win all the money, all the property, the houses, the hotels, and to be against every other player having anything and being for having accumulated everything. That is the finite game. Now, like I said, the overwhelming majority of games we know and see and play and watch right now are finite in nature. And if we wanted to, we could play every single one of them as though they were an infinite game. In my opinion, finite games might be fine when the stakes are low. For example, when you're playing crib or Monopoly and the money isn't real. But when you have your entire life and or your livelihood invested, the finite game seems to me and to Simon to be fundamentally flawed. In Simon's book, what I found most interesting was his premise that business has devolved into a finite game. And he shares multiple examples that demonstrate how the vast majority of businesses today are aligned to all or most of the characteristics I described either overtly or subtly. And that's where this podcast, our consumer portal, and the work we do with solo and micro business owners intersect. In making the subtle more visible and challenging the status quo on the overt. So let's go back to those three words and contrast what we see in marketing, media, and the messages that have been broadcast for more than 70 years. Competition. (laughs) This is like 100% of marketing right now, isn't it? Competitive landscapes, competitive market shares, beating the competition. Conflict. What has the media come to excel at, especially right now? Creating conflict between information and sensationalism, between investigative journalism and infomercials, between us and others, between what we know intuitively to be true and what their experts tell us. Scarcity. For the better part of 50 years, the marketing and the media have increasingly become infused with messages of scarcity, which show up as fear-based messages. They show up as fear-based messages, and they include tricks and tactics that are designed to trigger the fear response in us. From the FOMO, the fear of missing out, to the more covert practices like priming and normalizing and so on, which I talk about in that consumer portal, which there'll be a link below if you're interested in learning more about those. When you look back over the evolution of business, though, from the 1920s to the 1950s, post-World War II, 
you see the evolution toward more and more of a finite game. Less craft and quality, more volume and efficiency. Yeah, yeah, I know, industrial revolution. And we'll maybe come back to that at some point and determine if it was all that revolutionary. 20s, 50s, and then something happened in 1971 that I think truly changed the nature of the game to be very, very finite. Now, I'm not going to go into that, but as always, I'm going to encourage you to explore on your own because whatever shifted in 1971 meant that we started working longer and harder and earning less and gradually, slowly enjoying less of the Life 360 that we each envision for ourselves. Things got really interesting in 2000. You might say it was a tipping point of sorts. Certain industries really started to gather steam and momentum, which put more of us on the treadmill, burning out and breaking down. And then we came to 2020. In July of 2020, I was sharing a series of workshops with an association of Canadian businesswomen designed around solopreneurs and first-time startups. In this very first session, I shared that in my opinion, 2020 had changed the game and that had implications for how they would use the essential elements of marketing. Yes, some of the participants challenged the idea that 2020 was anything but a momentary blip on the radar, and some would probably still assert that we are going to return to something resembling normal <laughs> life as it looked before 2020. I'm not convinced. Actually, let's be radically honest with each other. I don't believe that there's any possible way that we can go back. We can only go forward, and that's scary. But I believe that 2020 was a turning point in human history. Where we go from here is an individual decision, but after a lot of soul-searching, I think 2020 interrupted a trajectory that was not going to lead to the best interests of all beings on the planet. And it accelerated that trajectory to bring us to the edge of something better than where we've been before. I maintain that I believe that we are living in one of the most important, relevant, and significant periods of human history, and that from my perspective anyways, 2020 was a game changer. It's not about either or, it was about both and. It both interrupted the trajectory of a very finite game, and it's accelerating the speed with which we are being pressed to learn or relearn how to play an infinite game as infinite players. Simon Sinek started writing The Infinite Game at least four years before 2020, and in it, he said, business is an infinite game, being dominated by finite players. But it wasn't just Simon Sinek who reaffirmed my suspicions. In 2012, I stepped out of a finite game. I sold my ownership stake in a small business and I logged about 16,000 
hours. Recalibrating the three M's. And I'm not done yet. But I focused on their role and the purpose and the most essential component pieces. I created a relatively simplified process around marketing. Wove in some universal principles and some core practices all based on this deeply intuitive feeling that I had in 2012 that the world was going to change. In truth, I had no idea what I was really feeling in 2012 beyond burnout and frustration. And I had zero clue what all the multiple rabbit holes that I'd gone down were adding up to. And I had no way of really articulating what that change was to my own mind or to those who were trying to make sense of my journey until 2018. When Simon released his book and I watched a little movie that I that would never have hit my radar if I hadn't um, engaged with Simon's uh, Infinite Game book. This movie hit my radar and um, that little intuitive whisper, whisper that you hear. Uh, I was on a plane destined for L.A., and I was looking through some of the available movies um, to watch, and I found Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Now, I'm not going to give anything away. I think it's a great little movie that you might want to watch in order to get a handle on the two trajectories. And even more importantly, to start reframing the way forward in this time of individual and collective chaos, confusion, and, well, let's be radically honest again, utter incoherence. What I will share is that Ready Player One shows precisely what the battle looks like between finite players and the infinite ones. It reflects the struggle that we encounter when we try to transform finite game mindsets into infinite mind space. It also makes really clear that the real work takes place in the real world, with real people working together. Real world, real people, together. Recalibrating outdated concepts and ideas like competition, conflict, and scarcity. Ready Player One shows us that when we break the rules that are no longer serving to create the experience of more, we reveal unbreakable, universal, spiritual, and natural principles that most of us have never been taught or come to learn. Ready Player One and the Infinite Game make it crystal clear that the only real objective to the, quote, game, end quote, is to become an infinite player. And both of these resources bring me back to episode 42, Big Magic, and one of the three keys that I shared. Key number two, creativity requires freedom. The infinite game is a creative game. And the infinite player is a player that is free to functionally move in multiple directions because They've cultivated an inner sense of flexibility and flow rather than being driven by fear. Now, let's take this into your marketing if you're a business owner. Is the playbook you're running right now creating more? Did the game plan you focused on this past season 
or quarter, manifest more. Are the things that you label as marketing adding up to more points on your scoreboard, more progress, and more of your big picture endgame? If not, chances are you are playing the finite marketing game or your team or your service providers are finite players. Now, before you do something radical, (laughs) let's be clear. Finite doesn't make them bad people. Finite doesn't mean corrupt, nefarious, or ill-intentioned, necessarily. I mean, sure, the industry of marketing is almost entirely corrupted by the finite game, but the field of marketing isn't. Sure, in my opinion, a great deal of what we think and do in marketing and virtually every other aspect of our world will have to change. If the game has changed, and if my intuitive spidey senses are correct about what sits beyond the edge of 2020, but finite players learned to play by finite game rules, which means we can unlearn them and relearn the timeless, classic, universal principles. Oh, and here's an interesting insight I encountered that brings us back to the quantum stuff. Remember I shared that I think the industry of marketing is almost entirely corrupted, but the field of marketing is not. The field is neutral, just like the quantum field of energy. It's neither good nor bad, right or wrong. It simply reflects back whatever has been infused into it. The ideas, the intentions, and the initiatives that have been woven into it. This was the one and only insight that enabled me to walk back into marketing. Because in 2012, I was done. I was like D-O-N-E, done with it all. I was pretty sure I was going to be a yoga instructor. And then I got this divine download. Marketing is neutral. What you see in marketing, the media, or the messages right now is simply a reflection of what has been layered into it for more than 150 years. Now, I don't want to say that I've talked to marketing. I mean, that would make me sound like a crazy person, but I've kind of talked to marketing. And marketing has told me that it is so ready for the change. If you were to think about the field of marketing as neutral and as having a specific role and purpose to play in your business, if you're an owner, and in your life, because we're all consumers, marketing has told me that it is so ready for something new to be infused into it. New ideas, new intentions and a whole new degree of emotional intelligence. Marketing's so ready for us to let it all be lighter and clearer and easier than the circus that we probably see right now. (laughs) Marketing is ready for us to become infinite players who want to start playing an infinite game. Now, you have all heard me share before that I can only say this because I've lived it. 
and I distinguish when I share what I have personally and professionally experienced and what is still a working theory. This infinite player, infinite game is both and. It started as a working theory somewhere in around 2014-15, and I have personally and professionally experienced a variety of things that make the theory more concrete. Here are three of those things. Play to keep playing. Play to keep playing. I've studied uh, infinite players, or, or what's turned out to be very rare number of truly infinite players across human history, and they play to keep playing. They don't play to win or level up. They play the game in order to keep playing. And this was a game changer for me. I was never really wired for the finite game. It's kind of a miracle, really, that I made it as long as I did in the corporate landscape. I mean, I left that world a complete mess, so there's that. But I've also found that as I've made the transition, I've never felt more aligned by simply playing to keep playing. Number two, play for the love of the game. Again, those few genuinely infinite players find games that they love and they play because they love it. They don't do things that they hate and they are always searching for more of what truly lights them up in the game, about the game, specific to the game, and beyond the game of marketing, business, life, etc. This was a hard lesson because I learned early and often to embrace the suck, <laughs> to soldier through, even though my body was breaking down, my relationships were a disaster, and I felt like I had really come to loathe the game. Turns out I just actually loathed the way that I was being forced to play it, and when I unlearned pretty much everything that had been jammed into my little brain over the years, I was able to make <clears throat> what some would refer to as that quantum leap. I learned how much fun it was to let it be light. And that's number three. Let it be light. The individuals I've watched or learned from who were or are truly infinite players learned or relearned letting it be light. Letting it all be light. The work, the job, the career, the relationships, and eventually the game, the stuff, they traded the rules for principles and they leaned in to a personal practice of letting it all be light across a life 360. Now, personally, this one was the hardest for me to learn. And I think I'm still probably going to learn this to the rest of my life. I seem to have a black belt in making it work, <laughs> making everything work. I think I came hardwired for making it all feel like work. Now, that's some deep soul stuff, but suffice it to say, if you can relate, then chances are you're probably having a tough time letting anything be light. The relationships, the spiritual journey, the birthdays, vacations, or even taking a day off all feel like work to you. And I get it. Some of my mentors spoke of planning the plan and doing the daily doings and then letting go of the outcomes. Others spoke about simply not getting emotionally attached 
to the finite things. Things that don't last. Things that will naturally ebb and flow into our lives and out. And if you put it in terms of the serenity prayer. Serenity to accept the things we cannot change. Courage to change the things that we can. And wisdom to know the difference. Play to keep playing. Play for the love of the game and letting it be light. Three aspects or characteristics of an infinite game as an infinite player. And as I bring this episode to a close, I want to really challenge the concept of competition. It's a key characteristic of the finite game. And it's so, so subtle. It's also one thing that kept me going around the mountain and kept me buying into the fear-based messages inside the marketing and the media and in my own mind. Over the last decade, I've practiced my version of marketing, which shines a light on a simple process, including clarifying three C's. Your contribution, your community, and your cornerstones. Yes, I have a thing for threes because it is the ultimate quantum number. (laughs) Three C's. Contribution, community, and cornerstones. Shifting from a finite game really starts when you know what you contribute and what your community really experiences. And then entertaining the pure possibility that who you are is really what you have to offer. When you know your contribution, your community, and the key cornerstones that unite you and them, you'll come to know that there really is no competition. And you start to step onto the infinite game field. I believe in the three C's because I've practiced them, to, and today I'm going to prove them by sharing a message from another infinite player who plays on the same field as I do in a different position. Christine Monahan is founder of the Reset Collective and the Stress is Optional business philosophy. She equips business leaders in making simple, creative resets for quantum innovation leaps. It's not about changing your entire brand message or offerings unless you want to. It's about applying her creative approach to see what doesn't work, let it go, and innovate what does work. There will be a link below in the show notes to connect with Christine. And if you let her know that you've heard this podcast, she's offered a 45-minute complimentary brand innovation solutions call. Together, you'll connect to review things like your brand message, what offers are working, and to consider what innovation means to your business so that others can effortlessly refer more of your ideal client. Thanks for tuning in today. If this conversation resonated for you, I'd be delighted if you'd shared it with a few people who might be searching for marketing that means more. Uh, messages that create more uh, inside a business or beyond. Subscribe to listen to more on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. 
Get social with us on LinkedIn, Telegram, or Unified. And the newest play in the light on marketing playbook is our Substack portal that shines a light on coherently evaluating the marketing, the media, and the messages for conscious consumers to reclaim mind space. There will be a few links below connecting you in those directions. And until next time, I'm Trisha Murray, and this was a little bit more light on the three M's to experience more, one podcast at a time.